What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod, and I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. Today on our podcast, a new COVID variant. What is it? How are governments responding to it? And how worried should we be? CNBC's Meg Terrell. The main concerns with this new variant are the number of mutations on the spike protein, some of which could potentially be associated with increased transmissibility, others potentially with the ability to evade vaccine protection. Although it's still early days, says Dr. Kavita Patel. At least in the United States, I wouldn't start, you know, putting in broad policies and lockdowns and getting out ahead of ourselves. So holiday vacations abroad might be riskier, but where there's a will, there's a way. Priceline CEO Brett Keller. This may shut down some international travel between a few countries at first, but really what's going to happen is people continue to find ways to travel locally. Those conversations plus were on the ground in Israel, where one of the first cases outside of South Africa was detected. It's Friday, November 26, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. Now, we all assumed that today, like every other Friday after Thanksgiving, would be a Black Friday focus. Retail, 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 with a side of food coma. This morning, though, we woke up to a global market sell-off. If you're just waking up, you may want to adjust your eyes here. Dow futures indicated down by almost 800 points. That's a drop of about 2.2%. Airlines really taking it on the chin this morning. All those stocks we thought were on their way back, the hospitality and travel stocks in particular, took a hit. Oil stocks also under pressure, even financials and crypto, both down. The stay-at-home stocks, conversely, Zoom, Peloton, Netflix, DoorDash, my favorite, surging quite a bit. Now, this all comes as a new COVID-19 variant was found in South Africa, and it's a day of limited trading on the U.S. stock market. There aren't as many people trading in the markets this shortened holiday Friday, so it could just be a knee-jerk reaction among some market participants. Still not a pretty market picture today. Our own Becky Quick and Andrew Ross Sorkin talked through the sell-off and the COVID news this morning. All of this comes as the World Health Organization has called a special meeting for today to talk about this new COVID variant strain that was found in South Africa. Here's the biggest issue with this. The scientists have detected dozens of mutations to the spike protein on this new variant. That's the part of the virus that actually binds to the cells in the body. And the number of mutations could have some pretty significant implications for how well the vaccines will work or how easily the vaccine is transmitted between people. It's not just vaccine immunity that we're questioning at this point. It's if you have immunity from a prior infection, it would be a similar sort of story. Uh, the concern is there, the number of cases kind of skyrocketing after coming out of nowhere in South Africa. Happy Thanksgiving, Becky. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. We thought this was gonna be a light day. You come in and you talk retail, not the case. We, we thought, I don't know, I don't know. 
on Wednesday, I thought things were going to be so much better. Yeah. And now uh, lots of questions, lots of question marks. And by the uh, way, everybody look, coming from these great gatherings with their family. It was the first time yep. a lot of people got to do that in a long time. Um, so a lot of optimism coming into this. And something like this kind of feels like the, the rug gets yanked back out from under you. Already you are seeing some countries move to shut down passengers, not allowing traffic coming from, uh, from South Africa as a result. This is what the U.K. is doing, Singapore, Germany. And there are some questions as there was a new passenger arriving in Israel had this variant today as well. NBC's uh, Raf Sanchez joins us from Tel Aviv this morning. Good morning. Good morning. The Israeli government has been very aggressive at every stage of this pandemic, and this morning is no exception. They have cut off travel to South Africa and five other Southern African nations this morning in light of this new variant. As you said, there is one case of this new variant confirmed here in Israel. It was found in a traveler who had recently returned from Malawi. There are two other suspected cases. All three of those people are in isolation now. All three of them were fully vaccinated. We shouldn't necessarily draw too much from that, but it's worth noting. Now, as we speak, the WHO is meeting in Geneva about this new variant. Right now, it's known only as B11529. But if the WHO finds this to be a variant of major concern, they will give it a name from the Greek alphabet, like Alpha, like Delta. You said that there are now one confirmed case is two, two others suspected. You said that they were fully vaccinated. A uh, big question uh, across the country or across the world rather right now is what fully vaccinated means. Were these people boosted or not? You know, my understanding is they were boosted in Israel. The definition of fully vaccinated has moved on to three doses. So our understanding is they had had the booster as well. OK, um, thank you for, for, for that. I want to begin with Meg Jarrell and what we know about this new variant. Meg. Hey, Andrew. So the main concerns with this new variant are the number of mutations on the spike protein, more than 30 identified there, some of which could potentially be associated with increased transmissibility, others potentially with the ability to evade vaccine protection. Now, I was speaking with uh, Moderna CEO Stefan Bunsell this morning about how quickly they could ramp up a new vaccine construct potentially here. Um, he noted they've been able to do this before within 60 days. He said the question of the timing there is the regulatory process from that point. Can you use antibody data to clear a new uh, variant vaccine, or do you need to uh, run more studies and wait perhaps two months there? Uh, he said the manufacturing then on top of that would take a couple months, but the companies can do this really quickly. We are also hearing this morning from BioNTech telling us uh, they expect within two weeks to get laboratory test results um, on you know how well antibodies neutralize this variant. Uh, they say that Pfizer and BioNTech have been able to adapt the vaccine within six weeks and ship initial batches within 100 days in the event of an escape variant. Uh, so they've begun uh, clinical trials with other variant-specific vaccines to Alpha and Delta to collect safety and tolerability data. So all of that will be able to play into this. What's really important to remember is that this is just very early days. There are not many cases of this yet, although they are increasing quickly. Uh, South Africa is worried about a potential fourth wave from this. Other countries, of course, worried about it as well. Guys. In terms of therapeutics, obviously we have this Pfizer drug on its way, the Merck drug. We have some new news uh, about it being a little bit less uh, efficacious, if you will, than uh, originally expected. Do we think that those, uh, those therapeutics would work against this new strain? 
The expectation is that they should. You know, the antiviral drugs, uh, Pfizer's is thought to be a pan-coronavirus drug, so it could work against different coronaviruses, not just different variants of this coronavirus. We haven't heard from them yet this morning about that, and of course it will take time to definitively say things like that. Uh, Merck's as well, Molnupiravir, is very broadly acting. Uh, so the expectation is it shouldn't be daunted by um, mutations like this, but we will need to see the data to say that with more certainty. Uh, but those drugs shouldn't be affected. It's the antibody drugs potentially that folks are worried about, specifically Regeneron's and Eli Lilly's. Uh, there is some thought that perhaps Veer Biotechnologies and AstraZeneca's could hold up better against this variant because of the way the antibodies are constructed to target the spike protein. Um, but of course, we'll be waiting for lab data on that as well. Meg, thank you very much. For more on this new COVID variant, we are joined by Dr. Kavita Patel, fellow at the Brookings Institution, the former White House Health Policy Director. Doctor, uh, good morning to you. Um, let's just start with when you heard the news, uh, what have you been thinking? I always have my kind of concern heightened a bit when I hear things like 30-point mutations on the spike protein compared to two or three on Delta and some of the other strains that we were concerned about, the mu variant. So I do think the World Health Organization assembling an emergency meeting, hearing the UK taking these precautionary measures are the right things to do. It also reminds me, Andrew, about our lack of kind of, we're doing genetic surveillance in the United States. It's predominantly Delta, but it reminds me that we also cannot let our guard down here to make sure that we understand if there's a spike in the protein in the variant that we're seeing here and that we have some of those things protected against. So but all in all, I'm going to re remain to reserve caution, uh, reserve concern and be cautious until we hear about whether or not there's an association with an immune escape phenomenon. Does, does our current vaccine regimen protect us against this new strain? And I'm hopeful it will. Well, doctor, the, the news that we heard this morning uh, was that the uh, one uh, confirmed case in Israel and the two suspected cases in Israel included uh, people who were fully vaccinated and not by the definition of the United States, but by the definition of Israel, which is boosted. Right. Yeah. And, and we know that they use mRNA vaccines. So obviously that's concerning, but it is one case. I'm not trying to diminish it, but I do think that until we see we've had that case, we've had several cases in South Africa that are quite concerning of vaccinated individuals. And we're watching because that the UK has their kind of heightened awareness because of their own patterns of migration from African countries. And we also know, just I, I just want to point context, we had the South African variant before we had the Greek naming system. We had a number of these variants present that we also had just seen these spikes, not in vaccinated individuals entirely, but had also seen these spikes in cases. So we can't wait until all the data is in to take precautions, which is why I'm saying that I think at least in the United States, I, I wouldn't start, you know, putting in broad policies and lockdowns and getting out ahead of ourselves. But I would just say, number one, it raises the urgency of getting everyone vaccinated. You have to imagine, Andrew, this feels like the virus has a lottery ticket and it feels like occasionally it's going to win. With Delta, it felt like it won. Uh, and we just have to see before we start thinking. But it also does, it just reminded me, I texted a couple of manufacturing friends starting to think about tailoring our vaccines for these variants. Um, does not feel like a bad idea right now. Doctor, from a policy perspective, though, um, at what point uh, and is there a point at which you think the U.S. should say no flights in, no flights out? That kind. I mean, at what point do those type of things start to happen or, or, or at least start to get on the radar? I think they're already on the radar. There's always every time uh, we talked about other threats and in, including recent coronavirus threats, we always talk about travel restrictions. However, 
I will say the administration's kind of January deadlines for incoming passengers from other countries, ex-U.S., to be fully vaccinated according to WHO vaccines, I think is actually the best step. So I don't expect any travel lockdowns in in advance of that, unless we start to see UK data confirmatory. Remember, our patterns have a lot more to do with kind of the global, what we saw in early 2020 came from Europe primarily. So we're hoping that they don't have a surge of what I think will eventually be called the, the new variant, NU. But it, it WHO meeting, EU taking action, and then thinking about the U.S., I, I don't anticipate policy on top of that incoming vaccination unless we see threats that this is an immune escape variant, which of course is probably everyone's, you know, keeping me up at night and keeping others up at night, but too soon to get that reaction. Better better activity now, Andrew, to have everyone get boosted, be up to date on immunizations, and to think about broader policies such as even domestic vaccine requirements, kind of advancing some of what's being controversially discussed at OSHA and other places federally. Hey, Dr. Patel, um, we, we know that South Africa is coming out early, saying they don't know exactly how contagious this is or how deadly it might be. Um, but there's enough to concern them to kind of raise, raise these alarm bells and, and make people take a look at it. I guess my question is, you mentioned we're doing testing here. How, how good is that testing? Because we weren't great at that early on. Would we know if this was already here on our shores? Yeah, we're doing more genetic surveillance. So early on, we were... Uh, kind of taking out of those PCR tests, Becky, we were only taking less than approximately two to three percent of those samples and doing genetic surveillance. The addition of including commercial labs like LabCorp and Quest, where the majority of our PCR samples are being run through in that process of genetic surveillance, so not limiting it, Becky, to just academic labs, which is what we had done prior to fall of 2020, is critical. Having said that, we now know that there are a lot more home tests. The three of us have been talking about home tests. We hope that people who get a positive home test actually get a confirmatory PCR and that those confirmatory PCRs, we should now be doing a better job, Becky, that if I send in a PCR in my clinic, which I do often, that I should be able to tag that as a vaccinated individual because those are cases that need to be elevated and escalated. And I think always genetically sampled. We're doing about now 10 to 12% of those PCR tests getting genetically sampled, but we've pretty much seen Delta dominate. Having all of this reminds us that we can't rely on just, we cannot rest on what we assumed. And that's, I think, where we have to do more. And PCR tests, by the way, are, it'll be a, we will now know post-holiday Thanksgiving, we're already seeing a request for more PCR testing. We'll know if that surge creates too much demand. Hey, doctor, how quickly from what you can gather right now, do you think we will know one way or the other um, how severe this this new COVID case, uh, new variant is? Yeah. Now. So now that all countries and especially with the WHO, I expect putting out some advisories for countries to do some more surveillance than we're doing now. I do think that we it usually takes a cycle Andrew, of about two to four weeks in order to better understand, is this just a more infectious version of the virus? which we would expect, but hope our vaccines hold against? Or is this something that is, as you're pointing out, with some of these very small numbers of cases that are evading our current mRNA-based immunity, which we know has higher efficacy? So usually a cycle of two to four weeks. 
Dr. Patel, we, we were talking about some news out of Merck, uh, their antiviral pill. They came out with the final study today, and it showed that it reduced hospitalizations and deaths by 30 percent in that final study. That sounds pretty good, but the earlier study suggested 48 percent. Um, so not as good as we had thought earlier on is not as good as the early results we've seen from the Pfizer pill. What's your take on that? I think that, so a couple of things. I think that Oh boy, uh, I've got a Thanksgiving crowd. I think there are, uh, with Mark Pills, I know this always seems, I, I, they love Squawk Box. We've got some young Squawk Box fans. I think that with the earlier studies, we knew that these were unvaccinated individuals. We now see the kind of replenishing of the full data set. Uh, you know, they, they love both of you. We see the Tell full data set, but it's not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them to get vaccinated. Uh, it's not shocking that we're seeing kind of a reduction in the effect. I, but I will tell you, even with this kind of, uh, I don't call it disappointing news. I just think that it's level setting that at the end of the day, vaccines, number one, these antivirals are going to be helpful. But I suspect what we'll see, given the different chemistries and properties between the Merck and Pfizer uh, antiviral pills, that we'll see different use cases for each of them and probably different um, applications and types of patients. That's what I'm more interested in seeing is the subset kind of segment of patients in which this data might be more effective. For example, people of a certain age with certain chronic conditions. And we know with the Pfizer uh, antiviral pill, which is a unique chemistry combined with kind of a traditional um, antiretroviral type of drug, we know that that will likely prove to be a more efficient way of giving people who were just recently diagnosed an outpatient medicine that's easier to take. So it's, it's, higher likelihood I anticipate that Pfizer will have more demand, but that like all medicines, um, even when there's a reduced efficacy compared to others, that we find use cases for which that patient finds is, is more efficiently used in, within. Hey, Dr. Patel, two things. First of all, I just want to say we all feel like family together at this point, given how much time we've spent. So there, there should be no apologies whatsoever. Uh, I think the whole audience hopefully uh, feels this way. But um, the thing I was going to ask you is, you know, you seem to have an optimism that potentially the vaccine that we currently have will be able to deal with this new variant. And I was curious where that optimism came from. I hope you're right. But I, but I ask only because it appears that there are so many different mutations to this new variant. Um, and given what we're seeing in Israel and elsewhere, that it's raising at least at, at a minimum questions uh, and at, uh, at worst, uh, I think, you know, genuine concerns. Yeah, and it has more to do with, this is a reminder to myself, honestly, Andrew, the, of kind of the mRNA technology. For decades, we've been trying to figure out how to make the kind of mRNA technology more stable to deliver in a vaccine. So this is not our first run with SARS-CoV-2. We tried this with SARS-CoV-1 and with cancers and have been successful in cancers. So I'm hopeful because of mRNA technology, the polyclonal response that we elicit will actually be effective against most of our strains. But I say all of this to say that now we know we can take that same technology and tweak it for different variants in a much more rapid fashion. And that's why I'm optimistic. Dr. Patel, thanks so much. We'll let you get back to everybody and we'll see you again soon. Coming up on Squawk Pod, what all of this means for your travel plans. Priceline CEO, Brett Keller. What we know is that consumers have become more and more comfortable with traveling, even understanding uh, many of the risks that are out in the space. And I think we're learning how to live with this. We're back in a minute. Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. 
For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Welcome back. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box uh, right here on CNBC. We're live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Becky Quick. Joe is off. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving, though. Um, I hate to say uh, that holiday or that moment seems to be over right now. Bex? Thanks, Andrew. In the meantime, the travel stocks are getting hit hard this morning amid fears of that new COVID variant. And joining us right now is Priceline CEO Brett Keller. Uh, Brett, when we booked you to come on the show today, we were looking at a pretty different scenario, just thinking that, hey, everybody couldn't wait to get back out there and travel. This is very early on. Um, this is just the early news. It's going to take a while, at least a, a week or two before they can even tell a lot of things scientifically about this new variant. But what are your thoughts as you wake up and hear this news this morning? Well, it's obviously disconcerting to hear anything related to additional COVID concerns. Uh, people are trying to be, of course, as careful as possible. Uh, and what this you know, may do or may not do, it's obviously so early, it's hard to tell. What we know is that consumers have become more and more comfortable with traveling, even understanding uh, many of the risks that are out in the space. And I think we're learning how to live with this and to continue to do the things that people need and like to do. Continuing to do the things that people need and like to do. And I will say anybody who's been living through this is ready to kind of get back out there. There is a, a weariness that comes from dealing with this, from locking down, from not getting to go places, not getting to see family. Um, and, and I think so many people were so happy to be able to travel this Thanksgiving and get to see their families once again and sit around the table. Um, but I guess this is a reminder today of how quickly some of those things can change. Again, we don't know a lot about this variant, but um, the authorities in Israel speaking pretty bluntly about this, and the stock market reaction has been pretty blunt as well. It's a slow trading day, not allowed out there. We are already hearing, though, that the UK and Germany and Singapore and other nations are saying that they are going to not allow travelers coming from South Africa at this point. It's, it's, it's a quick reaction. How, how do you react and what do you see in the bookings? How quickly do things like this change? Well, uh, clearly countries are trying to be extremely cautious with this virus. But, you know, if we look at what's happened historically, when there's news reports that come out, when there are serious concerns about new variants or other uh, turns in the virus, we've seen people continue to book materially at the domestic side, right? This may shut down some international travel between a few countries at first, but really what's going to happen is people continue to find ways to travel locally. And at Priceline, certainly through the holidays, we have seen uh, more families, more children and others traveling to be with family and friends, as you've noted. Uh, in fact, this has been one of the busiest travel weeks we have seen since February of last year, which is 
really compelling considering still many of the concerns and thoughts that people have about how to travel safely with the virus. Yeah, and about 70% of your business does involve last minute booking. So Brett, you obviously have a pretty good finger on the pulse of what's out there. We appreciate your time today and uh, we really appreciate you being here. It's good to see you. Absolutely, thank you. That's the show for today. Thanks for listening as always. If you missed us yesterday on the holiday, we do have a special holiday episode you can pair with your leftovers this weekend. It's waiting in your feed. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. To get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, listen and follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We'll meet you back here on Monday, but in the meantime, have a safe, restful weekend. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.